Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Today is the 11th of September, the 254th day of 2023, leaving us a temporarily synchronous 111 days on our way to 2024. A little less than two weeks after 9-11, 22 years ago, Professor of Slavic Languages Claire Kavanaugh had already translated the following from Polish poet Adam Zagajewski. You gathered acorns in the park in autumn, and leaves eddied over the earth's scars. Praise the mutilated world, and the gray feather a thrush lost, and the gentle light that strays and vanishes and returns. That day of greatest emergencies, numbered as 911, the multi-story symbols of American capitalism reduced to rubble by American airliners, the launch of a new war having an abstract name, these and a myriad host of other perplexities would unfold as the proverbial 10,000 things in a strange new Tao at the first of the 21st century, would that we had an updated Lao Tzu as authorial compliment. Or as T.S. Eliot said it in Burnt Norton, his first section of four quartets, time present and time past are both perhaps present in time future, and time future contained in time past. If all time is eternally present, all time is unredeemable. Heavenward at this morning's twilight, our waning crescent moon was keeping company with the constellation Gemini's twin stars Castor and Pollux, with the beehive star cluster, and with our brightest planet, Venus. And tomorrow, Tuesday, at 78 million miles away, newly discovered comet Nishimura will be making its closest pass to Earth, traversing the constellation Leo the Lion to Virgo the Maiden. Today in 813, Louis the Pious was crowned co-emperor with Charlemagne of the Carolingian Empire, also known as the Holy Roman Empire. Today in 1297 at the Battle of Stirling Bridge, Scottish rebel William Wallace defeated the, the English. Today in 1773, Benjamin Franklin commented, There never was a good war or a bad peace. Today, in 1777, at the Battle of Brandywine, which the Americans lost to the British, Polish soldier Kasimir Pulaski saved George Washington's life. Today, in 1789, Alexander Hamilton was appointed the first Secretary of the United States Treasury. Today, in 1847, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Stephen Foster's Oh, Susanna was sung for the first time. Today in 1910 in Hollywood, California, the first commercially successful electric bus line commenced operation. Today in 1916 in Memphis, Tennessee, Clarence Saunders opened the first Piggly Wiggly supermarket. Today in 1965, the Beatles album Help went to number one and stayed there for nine weeks. Today in 2001, two commercial airline flights hijacked by al-Qaeda terrorists crashed in New York's World Trade Towers, causing the collapse of both and deaths of 2,606 people. 
One commercial airline flight hijacked by al-Qaeda terrorists crashed into the Pentagon, causing the deaths of 125 people. And one commercial airline flight hijacked by al-Qaeda terrorists was diverted by passengers and crew attempting to retake control of the aircraft, but ultimately crashing it into Pennsylvania Field, killing all 64 people aboard. Today in 1885, in Nottinghamshire, England, coal miner Arthur Lawrence and teacher Lydia Beardsall Lawrence welcomed the fourth child into the world and named him David Herbert Lawrence. Young David's father, Arthur, though energetic and charming, routinely drank away his pay to the extent that his wife, Lydia, resorted to selling lace in her front parlor so that the family might stay fed. Soon, despising her husband, Lydia in turn focused her attentions to her children, especially young David, who was sickly and bronchitic. His older brother later commented, We all petted and spoiled him from the time that he was born. My mother poured her very soul into him. And young David remarked, My mother has been passionately fond of me and fiercely jealous. She hated Jessie, my first sweetheart, and would have risen from the grave to prevent my marrying her. Nonetheless, Lawrence's mother Lydia helped him become a schoolteacher and fueled his desire to become a literary figure, a goal he would reach by creating controversial works that promoted sex, nature, and the primitive subconsciousness as the means to mitigate the problems of modern life. His novel, Later Chatterley's Lover, for example, was banned for many years in many nations. Biographer Ed Morrow tells us that after D.H. Lawrence traveled around the world seeking a hospitable artistic environment, he returned to England to be surrounded by a gaggle of devoted women who thought of themselves as his disciples, prompting him to conclude, sex and beauty are inseparable, like life and consciousness. Today is also the birthday in 1523 of French poet Pierre de Ronsard, in 1762 of Scottish poet and playwright Joanna Bailey, in 1771 of Scottish explorer Mungo Park, in 1816 of German scientific instrument and lens maker Carl Zeiss, in 1862 of American short story writer O. Henry, in 1899 of You Are My Sunshine, singer-songwriter Jimmy Davis, in 1903 of German philosopher Theodor Adorno, in 1909 of American actress Anne Seymour, in 1915 of Kukla Fran and Ollie, American pianist and orchestra leader Jack Fascinato, in 1924 of American NFL player and coach Tom Landry, in 1933 of American soul jazz Hammond organ player Babyface Willett, in 1943 of Louie Louie, American singer and guitarist Jack Ely, of American drummer Mickey Hart, and of American trombonist Paul Reiser, in 1945 of American guitarist Leo Kotke, in 1950 of American actress Amy Madigan, and of British motorcycle racer Barry Sheen, and in 1953 of American rock guitarist Tommy Shaw. For Moral Domain, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Here's to the 13th week of summer and to the 37th week of 2023.